fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. I mean, well, if he you know, doesn't want to get hit, then stay off the tracks. Call him three times there, so I think he'd learn after the first one. But if he wants to react like that, we'll take the power play, we'll take the game winner, and we'll move on in first place. If you're going to hit like that, you have to answer the bell every once in a while. He's just a young punk that has to figure that aspect out in the game. It's sad because he's a pretty good player, but he's, he's a pussy, to be honest. Straight up. That's, that, he's, that's the definition of it. You know, getting pucks deep, putting the puck deep. Put pucks in deep. He's chipping pucks, he's getting pucks deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out, getting pucks deep. Get pucks deep, pucks in deep. Puck deep, pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. Hey, let's go. Yo. You're a pussy. <laughs> How did you find that uncensored? Dude, I don't even know. Like, so, the, the networks would censor that. Yeah, the first, like, maybe two articles or two postings, tweets, whatever the hell you want to call it. First two that I saw... It were they were censored, and I was like, "Man, what does he call him? I think he probably calls him a pussy." Yeah. And I couldn't really find it, and then boom, today you texted me, "Oh, we should use that for the intro." I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Actually, I told you I wasn't going to use it. Then I went back and fit, like re- erased the old one I did and did a new one because you're right, had to be in there. And lo and behold, it was the first tweet on the board. There you go. So I guess that's why it would be the first one on the board, because everyone likes the uncensored version. There is no censorship on the Pucks in Deep podcast. You will know that if you've listened to more than one episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you'd, you'd know that, I think, if you listened for more than one minute. You can't take off, or you can't just turn off the uh, the old Trucker Valley mouth. At least not when you're talking shop, talking hockey, right? Well, speaking of uncensored, welcome back, listeners. Pucks and Deep podcast, episode 52. And uh, basically, uh, I feel like we're just going to rip right through Lesko. There's a lot of shit to get to. Obviously, right off the top, we heard the Cassian and uh, why am I blanking Kachuk? Sorry. Uh, Cassian and Kachuk going at one another. Really looking forward to the rematch, which is coming up pretty soon. Uh, A lot of other stuff to get to, too. Some non-hockey stuff this week, a little bit, not a whole lot, but some of our listeners out there will be happy to hear about that too. Not that they don't like hearing the hockey talk, but like I told you before, people are honest to talk about other shit. I've been I've been told by several people now that we should talk about the Bachelor. The Bachelor. The Bachelor. I didn't tune in the other day. My wife did. But, Wait, uh, you do watch? Have you seen? Well, no. I see. I told. I think we talked about this before. I watched Bachelor in Paradise because that. Shit is very entertaining. You okay. got a bunch of hard bodies just getting wasted oh, at a yeah. resort. You, you and all they do is fuck and fight. It's you great. use the, the term hard body. <laughs> so I definitely remember. Uh, okay, well, anyway, enough about that. Um, let, let's let's settle in on the on the Cassie, man. It's good to see you again, my friend, having a couple of pod rise out of our beautiful Pucks and Deep mugs. Uh, let us know if you'd like a Pucks and Deep mug, because I think we have the capacity to make that happen now, right? I think so. we got some infrastructure in place. Yeah. You know, laying some groundwork. Yeah. Anyway, um, show's getting uh, some exposure as well, Lesko. We're, we're branching out to new viewers or, or listeners, I guess, sorry. Um, had a had a couple of Finland Ooh. listeners pop up there. Very interesting. Yeah, and you you know the thing is is when it's when it's a couple here and there, that's much better than the one time I would look and there was sixty three listens from Brazil, and I'm like, <laughs> oh man, we're going worldwide. <laughs> like that, those aren't not listens. Like chill out. But one or two in Finland definitely is, and I wonder how 
long they listened in for. And if you're I listening wonder. right now, thank you for tuning in to the Pucks and Deep podcast. We're uh, we're definitely growing. We got some exciting guests coming up too on the on the Puck Pod. Let's go. I don't know if I'm, we're ready to formally announce who they're just teasing be, but just teasing. it's a tease but there's a couple of really big gets for us uh, and we're pretty excited about that so. colin's been in the trenches i think so eh? is that that's a good way to put it yeah he's i like been that digging idea. Him up but you know okay. who spends a lot of time in the trenches is kachuk and cassian all right so for those of you who are not up to speed uh recently in the most recent uh, rendition of the battle of alberta zach cassian and matt kachuk got into it uh quite a bit on the ice um, mainly centering around two very large debatable hits, I guess we'll call them for the sake of argument Fair. here, yeah. uh, from Kachuk late on Cassian, both of which popped his bucket. And the second one, Cassian had enough. He went at Kachuk, he ragged all of him, he tried to fight him. Kachuk was not really having it, but nonetheless, when the dust all settled, uh, there was no supplemental dis- discipline for Kachuk and a two-game suspension was handed down to Zach Cassian. So I guess right off the top, Coleman, what do you say in terms of the suspension? I don't like the suspension. I mean, it, I don't like... The in sus- terms of quantity of games or No, in terms at of all? at all. I don't like a suspension at all. I think I would have been fine with a, with a fine. If you want to fine Zach Cassian for, you know, maybe making a mockery of the game, slightly. Just, just, just ever so slightly there because it's, he doesn't want to go and you're making him go and no, I mean, yes, everyone at home likes to see fights. Okay. But not everybody at home likes to see a vulnerable guy just taken advantage of some that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. It doesn't look good. Like it's, I understand why the NHL doesn't like that. They don't want this, you know, as, as they might call it thuggery or whatever going on in the ice. Um, I didn't like the suspension for the sole reason that I did not understand it at first. So I actually watched the NHL player safety rinky dink video that they make explaining it because I'm confused here. I'm like, okay, it wasn't a fight, but he was penalized accordingly on the ice, double minor and 10. And then subsequent power play, Calgary scores the game winning goal. They win the hockey game. Correct. The punishment fit the crime, but then they went and suspended him two games. Now, Cassian, bit of a checkered history in the NHL. I get that, but I don't agree. I feel like the the penalty on the ice matched it. There was no, there was no reason for additional um, discipline yeah. in this situation for me because it was taken care of. It's not like they missed it. No, but that's that's in your opinion. I think. And I think that your opinion is shared by many. It's shared by me, too. Well, and I think a lot of I old agree. school hockey fans would say that. And I think the other part of it for me is I had to look up the rule. So the rule is the aggressor rule. It's basically when you're trying to... This rule exists for guys trying to start fights with guys. It's to protect the guys who don't want to fight, typically. So you can't just go up to... Uh, you know, Mitch Marner and, and say, I'm going to beat the shit out of you type. This, well, that's what the, uh, this rule is John in place. John Scott on Phil Kessel. Right, exactly. I'm fighting you. I don't yeah, want to. Aggre- no, this you. is an aggressor rule. But again, it wasn't so egregious to me. Like, for example, the Milan Lucic sucker punch. Yes. Like Matt Kachuk knew this was coming, right? You can't go and drill a guy like Cassian and he ran him both times. Now, People are saying, oh, yeah, it was a blindside hit, blindside hit. There's still no real rule. I know I understand that NHL has been trying to get rid of those hits, 
So that's why, to me, it's surprising that there was no discipline or penalties called. But they're both definitely charging. Are they not? I think the second one is definitely a charge. Yeah. I agree. I don't know if I would go a charge on the first one. I'd have to look at it again, man, yeah. which I'm not going to do right now. But I've seen it enough times. Uh, I just... The first one needed to be... I don't know. I mean, I can call that a rough. Is it a situation Give perhaps... Him two for roughing. Is it perhaps a situation, though, where the la- the refs lost control of it? Because it had Kachuk been penalized for either one of those hits, maybe not so much the second one, but it could have prevented what happened further down the road. Maybe, but that's that's hindsight, though. I suppose, right? yeah. yeah. That's re- hindsight bias. And, I also and it's saw fair, it- it's fair. But all I'm saying is at the, at the time... If you don't want to penalize the play, then that's fine. The The real problem does lay at the feet of Kachuk for not wanting to respond. I get the argument that lots of you will make. Yeah, but he made the right decision. He got his team a power play. He made Cassian kind of look, you know, maybe a little foolish in this uh, example where he just wasn't going to fight him. And Cassian feels like he made Kachuk look like a pussy, which he did. I think everyone would agree with that also. Let's go. So everyone is right and wrong at the same (laughs) time. It's just a crazy scenario. I I didn't know what to make of it. Like I spent a lot of time even just, I was sitting there. I didn't want to read any media and get my opinion swayed any one way. I was just watching the the clips and the highlights. And then I watched them talk and I was like, all right, which guy is going to get me on his side via the interview here? And then Kachuk's interview, as you could hear in the intro, absolute beauty. Stay off the tracks. Got him a couple times yeah. there. I'm like, I like this interview. So he doesn't far, want to talk about what happened after no, the hit. Though. He's like, I'm like, so far, I like this interview. Kachuk is winning. He's won me over. Let's see what Cassian had to say about it. And then Cassian completely took me back on his side by calling him a pussy. Straight up calling him a pussy. And that's that. Uh, Amazing. You know, going back to the charging thing. Charging is, I saw a, a, a certain media member point out that that shit is never called. It's basically not even a rule in the NHL anymore. I've said that for like multiple seasons. And when was the last time I saw a charge or a roughing penalty? Right. Those two calls never get made anymore. On an egregious hit, right? Like they might call hitting to the head and at least one of those hits, and I can't recall which one was definitely hit to the head. But herein lies, I think, the disconnect between... The old school, which Cassian, what is he, 30, 32? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not that old. But how much the game has changed from when a guy like Cassian came in to now when a guy like Kachuk is coming up. Kachuk and and these generations of players, fighting almost doesn't exist to them, I feel like. They don't... Because Cassian believes that, okay, you did this to me, you answer the bell, we settle this. He's probably thinking next time we play, he's going to be asking him to go. Yeah. Right? And in in Cassian's way of coming up in the hockey in the NHL, you answered the bell for that kind of shit. You yes. run a guy, but you pay the price. You 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 deal with the consequences. Fine, the that, fallout. That's all fine and well. But dude. I believe that Kachuk and these young guys are like, I don't got to fight. I don't have to fight. It doesn't matter what I do. I don't have to fight because the way the NHL is now, fighting's dying, and these types of players don't exist anymore. And I don't got to deal with it. And you think of uh, a team-to-team basis throughout the regular season. There's not a lot of guys. It's not like there's those two, three guys in every team that you're going to have to fucking deal with if you do something, take a run at a guy or whatever. Right. But here's the problem with it, Lesko. The guys that don't want to fight, like truly, like the last thing that they want to do in an NHL game is fight someone. Let's use Austin Matthews as a good example. 
And I think Austin Matthews is a good example because while he is a big, strong man, I don't think he wants to fight anyone ever. Right. Okay. But here's the difference. Does Matthews ever do anything that would warrant pissing someone off to the level that they want to punch you in your face multiple times? The answer is no. He might get a stick in on someone or kind of hook them a little bit. But we're talking about like, like Cassian said in his interview, targeting. He was definitely, he was absolutely targeting. Like, how can you go out there on a shift and be a shift disturber with heavy contact, like big time hits, not just going into the corner and always finishing. Oh, your he chest. left his position to take a run. Yeah. Both times, both times. Yeah. So, you know, when you do those things, you instantaneously take yourself out of the category of the player that doesn't have to fight or right. doesn't or doesn't or doesn't want to fight. There's a difference. Then there lies gentle... the disconnect I'm talking about. Yeah. Is that he doesn't think he has to answer to that shit. He does. Whereas the culture of the NHL and hockey in general is that if you're gonna do that, you fucking pay the price. I mean, I wouldn't want to fight Zach Cassian no fucking way. That no. guy's a monster. Look at his face. But I also wouldn't take runs at him. Knowing fully well that that guy would cave my fucking face in. Yeah, exactly. No, but the thing is, let's go. You would take runs at him if they were good, clean, hard checks. And let's right. go play a game of hockey right now. Right. And listen, you can get an advantage, a leg up on your opponent by getting him in his fucking ribs. But guess what, man? That guy is coming back. He's taking a number and he's coming back, yeah. man. And I mean, guess what? Cassian is coming back and he took a number and I can't wait to see it, dude. That game is must watch television. Oh, you got to you got to love it uh, from a hockey fans perspective that the Battle of Alberta is back in full force. We got some hatred, we got some bad blood and they're both good teams that are competing for the division. So that's good for hockey, it's good for Alberta. I fucking love it from that standpoint. Now with that being said, Going back to Kachuk, this guy, he doesn't just have to worry about Zach Cassian anymore. Zach Cassian is well-liked in that room. There's a reason why he's been there for four or five years, which I, when I had to double do a double take, I didn't realize he had been there that long. Not only is he going to have to deal with Zach Cassian, but that whole fucking team, every chance they get will be given extra shots to Kachuk. Oh, 100%. Guys who don't hit will be hitting, finishing their checks on that guy. But Kachuk loves that shit. He does, and he wants to bring that attention. When you're that type of player and you're an agitator, it's part of your game to get people off their games. You hit everybody the same, hoping that you garner a response. Yeah, fine. Well, January 29th, my friend. January 29th, 10 o'clock, Flames at Oilers. In Edmonton. Two weeks. Put it on your fucking calendar. Which is pretty sweet, bro. Like, in Edmonton? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. the fans are going to be all over Kachuk, too. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Full boo birds ever. It's going to be fucking sweet. Uh, one, thing I, uh, one last thing on this topic I did want to point out. Um, if you do watch the player safety video, they had this one quote that drove me absolutely nuts. And this is after he lays the hit and Cassian first goes to grab him. This is what they're showing in the video. But the narrator says that uh, Cassian attempts to grab Kachuk, who is focused on following the puck up the ice for an offensive chance. What? So there's no fucking way Zach ha- or sorry, Matthew Kachuk is focused on any offense whatsoever when he left his spot on the wing to go below the goal line to dummy Cassian. This is not a player focused on offense. So, hey, NHL player safety, you don't need to like 
vie on this guy's behalf. Like, look how innocent he is. Yeah. He's focused on offense. No, he yeah. wasn't. No, he wasn't. He's focused on getting the fuck away from Cassian before he gets his face caved in. <laughs> That's so true. So that's 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 my part on that. That's the end of it. All right, listen. Uh, speaking of getting your face caved in, um, let's let's see. Let's talk just a little bit in our non-hockey uh, topic of the day. Um, all the bullshit that's been going on with the Houston Astros and their sign stealing uh, conspiracy, which was proved. Uh, and now we've got Alex Cora had already stepped away mutually with the Red Sox. He was involved. Carlos Beltran who was just recently named the general manager, had stepped away uh, the, uh, from the Mets. Mets, right? Yeah, Mets. They're resigning before they get suspended. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess so, but they were involved and... Fuck. I think they leave the team so that their present team does not have to address it. So that they don't have to go through the PR nightmare. Well, Peters. Sort of, yeah. Peters uh, resigned. Not really comparable but no no no. but it, from a transactional perspective it's comparable he resigned he was not fired he so resigned. you're a baseball guy how bad is sign stealing because at first on on face value i'm like a oh, big fucking deal of course i'm gonna try and steal their signs or if i see a sign i'm, I'm gonna fucking tell people who it is yeah sign stealing is is fair game as far as i'm concerned as long as you're standing on second base and you have a, a bit of a arm signal with your with your batter who whom bats behind you, right? So you say, hey man, if I'm ever on second and I can kind of see that they're gonna throw you a cock ball down to the outside corner, I'll fucking give you a little wag or something, and you know it's coming. That's fine because that's that's a strategy. That's like in the game, yeah. in the moment. Or you maybe you got one of the bench players looking down at the third base coach every time he's going to his left ear and then to his right side. And you're noticing it's a pattern. In the I don't pitches. know what it is. I don't know what it is, right. but it's something. Boys, get ready. Something's going to happen. And I've actually been a part of that before. We've learned some signs, but we didn't know exactly what they were. So we would kind of be like, you know, note in the infield, like something's going on, like a steal or something. And then boom, steal. We were like, all right, we're, we're there. We picked up on that sign. We're there, but yeah. we don't know what exactly what it is. So that's all fair game. But as far as I know, and I think you've got some more information on this, but as far as I knew or read about, uh, they were just using, well, I'm not going to say just, but video cameras. And then they would bang on the, the garbage can. That's, that's the extent of my knowledge, which yeah. is not, I don't think that's fair game, but it's a little more, um, like old school than what mm -hmm. you were proposing to me. Well, this is this apparently is a lot larger than just sign stealing. This is like an organizational conspiracy to sign steal. So one of the there's two points to this. One of the first things is how the organization was involved. Allegedly, there were cameras installed specifically for this purpose. Okay, yeah, that, that I, people that part were I watching, knew, yeah. and then there was communication devices used, Apple watches, and then almost as so far as somebody alleging, and I, I did not. This came from an unverified source, but it was I think somebody in Sportsnet retweeted it. But somebody out there has mentioned that the batters actually had devices that vibrated on their like pasted onto their skin on their shoulder or something I don't know underneath I mean. their shirt that vibrated when like a curveball was coming in and had like different signals so they were like live action stealing signals and then communicating with the batters so i guess at first on facebook i'm like sign stealing big fucking deal right like right. sounds like part of baseball yeah but this was like this was a well-organized multiple people involved entire scam for a team that went on to to win the World Series. Yeah, to so, win. So we're talking about something where the league obviously feels embarrassed because 
if I recall when the new manager, his name escapes me right now, for the MLB came in, he had warned everyone. He had gone out and purposely said, none of this sign-stealing bullshit, none of this crap, because I think some teams had gotten minor shit for it, but not nearly like in the level of what the Astros did. It, I don't know if I can get there with the vibration devices on the player. Like I said, unverified source, yeah, just right. a random tweet I saw. We'll say allegedly. For We'll use it. But if it was that, that in-depth and that crazy, because this was a, a multi-year investigation before they decided to suspend the Astros manager and uh, general manager. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it didn't just happen overnight. Year, they both got fired, and now we're seeing, like you said, multiple dominoes falling from this. Yeah, uh, it, it's pretty crazy. It's it's definitely another black mark for baseball, and I think it's even worse just because the Astros won the World Series because it's like a mockery of the sport. Oh, speaking of a mockery of the sport, have you actually seen the Colorado jerseys? Yeah, the the <laughs> the ones for the Bro. the outdoor game. Yeah. So somebody fixed them actually. Uh, there's another tweet that someone responded back to someone else's tweet that was picturing them. Of all the jerseys in a they, fire. Well, no, he fixed them. He just all he did, and it was like very like MS Paint. Like they just went over some shit. Okay. But instead of that um, white peak in the center of the jersey going right up to the collar. Yeah. They made it just point in the center of the jersey. Yeah. Like, made it look more like a mountain. A logo. Right. Make it more look like a centralized yeah, that's logo. That's all they did, and it looked a hundred times better. All this, they did was like fix that peak. Man, this looks horrible. They have potential. Don't tell me they're wearing like white pants though or something. I don't care what pants they're wearing, bro. It looks like they're wearing a crib at the crab shack. Yeah, it, they shouldn't have went all the way up to the collar. And if you don't know what we're talking about, look them up real quick. Oh, they have potential. Fuck. And fuck. A bib. I know there's not like a logo for the avalanche. It's goddamn A with fucking snow coming down it. A puck kind of circling around. But shit, like it, it looked like they were, especially when I saw somebody made a better version of it with Microsoft Paint. I was like, that that had potential. Like the worst, the worst one, like it's just too funny. Like they didn't, they didn't take the picture very well because they've got Gabe Landeskog. Okay. In, in between Miko Rantanen and Kale McCarr, but Rantanen and McCarr are angled so that all you see is the, is like, is the white, you know? So yeah, you don't just, even get a good look. Yeah, yeah. They're just showing the shoulder patch. Like, I don't understand. That. I don't know, man. It looks like. A bib. I meant to say bib earlier. I fucking said crib, but yeah. And even when you break it down and look at the actual mountains, it just looks like one of the mountains is like <laughs> amazingly just balanced perfectly. It looks more like uh, a pattern uh, on the jersey than a mountain. It's horrible. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. I just had to bring that up because you said mockery of the sport. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see, man. I agree with the suspensions and all that shit from the sign stealing. I I think it's uh, I think it's dumb. I mean, I don't I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that. You know they should be stripped of their of their championship or no, or something. No. But but listen, I can I'll hear you if teams, you want to tell me to teams do never that. Get I'll punished, hear you. Though like they never get punished. All the guys on roids, they didn't fucking punish the teams. They punished the players. I know, but man, if you know what is coming, do you understand? Like you obviously must at least understand how much of an advantage. Oh, it's that, huge. That would be. And one of the interesting things, and in I guess in that playoff run. They were, and, and don't quote me on this, but it, it's somewhere around here. They said they were eight and one at home versus like three and six on the road. Oh, so that that's reflective of the impact that that of could course. have had. Yeah. Good point. So fuck it's, right. it's talk about a problem for the MLB. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that, uh, there's no massive hockey scandals like that. 
going on and I don't even know how you could even apply that to hockey. So back to hockey though. How about that? All right. I did want to hit on Nicholas Backstrom. Man got paid 32 years old, bucking the trend of the NHL right now. Older guys getting paid. He is actually making, uh, for five years, he's making 9.2 million on a $46 million deal. Uh, I think he was a little underpaid at 6.7 for a 10-year deal that he had signed when he was young. Agreed. And maybe they're making up for that lost time. He's won his cup. And I think Nick Bastrom is the kind of player, he slowed down a little bit, we'll say, in terms of the points and slowed down physically. But talk about almost an, a very underrated two-way center in the game. Yeah, with... You play second fiddle to Ovi. You're just the guy who feeds LV, right? Yeah, well, I wouldn't know. Second fiddle, yeah, that's fair. But I'd prefer to use a, a more flattering term like riding shotgun, for example. Right, because right? it's not like, oh, he doesn't get love because Ovi's there and he's as good as Ovi. He's not as good as Ovi. But no, of course not. But how many of Ovi's goals are direct results? Direct of, results. Direct results of Nicholas Backstrom. Yeah. Now that's not to say that another Nicholas Backstrom-like player wouldn't have been able to do that for Ovechkin. But hey, it, once the past is is such, then you have to give credit where it's due, right? And he's he's earned his money. And I think you're right, man. I think both times, uh, pretty team friendly, uh, in terms of only three years with a full no move. Okay, right. so three of the five is a full no move but he has basically agreed through the negotiations which he did himself he did himself apparently apparently That's and it was only like uh they said six meetings i think it was see so, so like, easy yeah and, and well considering the relationship he has with the organization and he did mention this in his press conference that he wanted to finish his career with the Capitals. Like he envisions that in his future. And I did want to hit on his stats real quick. Uh, he's been around for quite a while. Obviously at this point, you almost forgot how long a guy like Boxer has been around, but in 934 games played, the guys put Jesus. up 908 points. And in 123 playoff games, he's put up 106 points. What a fantasy beast. Oh, always has been, you know, I have him this year and he's not like, he doesn't, um, he doesn't light it up, so to speak. He's not. But a, he's one here and one but there. But he's consistently good. Power you know what you're point. getting. Yeah. You know you're getting 50, 60 minimum out of him. That's a nice minimum. But yeah. I mean, there were times when he was really up there for the maximum, right? 90, 90 plus. Like, I don't know if we've got his stats right on the page here for a like a, a career high. I think there was a couple years in his prime and when, you know, him and Ovechkin were tearing it up. 101 in Yeah, 09. there you go. 90 to 100. Like, yeah. he was putting up numbers like that and getting paid 6.7. I know it was a different time and, and that was high at the time, you know, kind of earlier in the cap era. They should have won the cup those years. You know, it's, it's funny because people always remind me of this when it comes to the Maple Leafs is that, Fucking Washington was good for a decade before they won a cup. Yeah, true. You got if you have a Pittsburgh to your Washington. Yeah, but the problem is, is we don't have long term deals anymore. Those don't really exist. Like long term is like five to seven. You know, no one's. Yeah, I know some players are signing. We eight, don't have eight, ten, ten, twelve years, year deals. But though. we personally, as our our team, doesn't. Uh, who do you think is going to want to retire a Leaf that's on the core right now? little bit of a curveball question for you mid pod Mitch here. Marner. I thought the same. I but I just because he's a local boy. But I didn't want to go with Mitch because it just seems And I guess too Tavares, obvious. but that's obvious because he's No, but that he's doesn't count. Too, he doesn't yeah. count. So I but guess one of the young leaves. Are you thinking like a like a Matthews uh Nylander? Do you think one of those two guys would I think Matthews could. I know people like to stir up the Arizona pot, but I just think that 
fuck, you're the man in fucking Toronto. I know. And you can handle it. You've been there since you were 19 years old. What a and beaut. he's quite stoic. Like, it's not, he doesn't seem to be like the type of guy, like, he knows all the, the noise and pressures out there. But he doesn't seem to me like the type of guy who gets bothered like that. You think he? The guy's it? doing fashion photo shoots and shit. He He's does. He does promo videos and little things here and there. He goes on uh, chicklets, shit like that. Like he's not afraid of the spotlight. He knows what he is. I think he revels in it a little bit. It really, for me, it depends on how well he handles our Canadian winters. And I'm not kidding you. Like the guys from Arizona. Right. I just like how those guys have integrated toques into their pregame fucking suit routine. Yeah, true. That's impressive. It is impressive. Like they got rolled up over the ears, pulled up like <laughs> Willie's got the flow hanging out. Kirsty enjoys watching at least like the beginnings of the games. When and they're all looking. They're coming off the, the bus or whatever, oh, like yeah. just before the game starts, you know? It's just, just fucking yeah. man rocket day at the space yeah, station. Yeah, like, get out, out of here. Get out of here. Uh well, going back to Pittsburgh, and we briefly mentioned uh, Crosby's back in the lineup. How about that play off the back of the net, dangling the shit out of? I think it was Dumba in the wild. I I think yes, it was. Yeah. yeah I think wow. Man, Without hesitation, that's pure Crosby s fashion in coming back. It's so great to see him back. And what does he put up a four spot in that game? Four spot. Unbelievable. Of course. And who's playing him in fucking fantasy this week? You. Me. How do you? Ah. It's just it it's just too bad, man. Because I want I I I still am, even though he's killing me, and he'll probably kill me. The worst part about it is Lesko is he got activated earlier this week and has four fucking games this week. Like, Ooh. come on, like he can't be activated like you know later. I don't know four fucking <laughs> games across me, and already in the first out of four games he puts up four points. The guy's gonna kill me this week. But at the end of the day. I'm super excited to see him back. I remember the first time that he was oh, gone yeah. for a long time after the concussion and he had a dandy of a sick goal. I think they played the Rangers yep. and he scored an absolute beauty and they were like, welcome back, Sid. You know, like this guy is so good for the game and the only reason why he's kind of fallen out of our minds here is because we have been blessed with Connor McDavid. We got the flashy new toy. But but Sid, but remember the kid, who man. is the, still the man in this league. We got Buzz Lightyear. We got Buzz Lightyear in Edmonton, but Woody is... <laughs> Coming back. <laughs> Don't forget. Don't forget about old Woody. Don't forget about old Woody, man. <laughs> what a fucking analogy. That is great, dude. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay. What's up next? You want to stick with Sid? I can't well, just quickly on Sid for so long. Quickly on Sid. Um, I think they learned a lesson back in the day with Sid. <laughs> he comes back ready. You ever notice that he's been injured quite a bit off and on through the last year, few years. But when he comes back, he's not like, oh, we're going to ease him in. He's going to no. go on the third line. No, he fucking comes in guns a blazing. Four points. Unbelievable. Not now, uh, sheltered minutes or something like that. One other tidbit that we do have to hit on from that game was all poor old Brucey Boudreaux. Woo. Apparently had a little, little minor error on the old game sheet. Yeah, he pulled the old Pat Quinn. Yeah, that did happen at least back in the day, didn't it? In the playoffs. Yeah. Like I only, I only, like I wouldn't have known that if, 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 um, without seeing an article. So I saw the article, and as I'm scrolling down, they're like, "Oh, in the infamous uh, 2002 era with Pat Quinn, when he, uh, what exactly was it? He dressed Renberg, but it should have been Reichel. Oh Is yeah, what it was? he got Renberg and Reichel confused, which everyone did. Yeah. Everyone did back in the day. The only reason why I knew that Renberg wasn't Reichel is because Renberg walked in and took that big clapper. He was big, on too. The, he took that big clapper yeah. on the penalty shot. That's the only reason why I know that's who that is. And I might even be getting that wrong. It might have been Reichel who took the who took the slap shot on the 
on the penalty shot. I can't remember. Anyway, so apologies to put it uh, to put it in context for the listeners. What happened was uh, Bruce Boudreaux made an error on the game sheet and he accidentally listed Greg Patterson as a healthy scratch instead of the active roster. So they ended up having to play the game with five defensemen, kicked them off the bench, and then their their forward had to come out. Like he, the forward who was supposed to be scratched, I guess, you know, had to come out as an extra forward. <laughs> what a mess! Especially being that guy too, who who had to dress instead. There was there someone that came. There was someone who came out like and played. Came out and played. Like yeah. put, took a suit off and fucking played. Yeah, really. Oh, I didn't know it was, that. Well, somebody was out for warm ups. I guess who was. I, I wish I knew the name of whoever the fuck it was. Now I just sound like an idiot. Well, but. who cares? I mean, the point is he 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 put a scratch in the lineup yeah. or, he, or he accidentally put a guy in the lineup over on the scratch. Like it, it's uh, it's obviously, a, it's like he counted the number of players and thought, yep, that's right. Got yeah. It. But didn't look at the positions. Well, cause see, as I was hearing on the radio today, uh, most, most teams will practice either the uh, assistant coaches will make the lineup and then the head coach finalizes it with the league or the other way around. The head coach will do the lineup and then give it to the assistants. And the assistants don't make any changes. They just look for errors and then put it in uh, to the league. So I don't know if maybe he just took it upon himself to do it on his own. But really, at the end of the day, man, like I hope Minnesota... I, I don't know what to think about Minnesota. We've talked We've talked about them a lot, right? Like whether they picked they're it up a mushy little bit. middle. They or, picked it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but then they're back on the fucking side. Back where they're at. Yeah, they you went know? on a bit of a tear. I think, they, was it six straight or something they yeah, pulled off? Yeah, they had a nice heater there. Yeah. Funny revelation about Minnesota, a good friend of mine pointed out to me recently. I was talking about logos and how I used to like have posters and bed sheets with NHL logos. And you just study them and draw them and... And I remember when when Nashville and Minnesota came in the league, I'm like, what the fuck is that? A sunset and some trees? Like, that logo's fucked. I was like, okay, that's all it is. Wrote it off. Never thought twice about it the rest of my life, Minnesota just being this team I forget about. Yeah. Well, the other day, doesn't my friend point out that you realize what the logo is, he says. The logo is like the shape of this animal. I don't know if it's a cougar or a cat of some sort or a bear, but the shape of the logo is actually an animal. And I did not know that whatsoever. You're All I telling thought it was, me you was a, didn't know that? A fucking tree line and a sunset. I'm like, oh, that that's lame. Oh my God. You I never are the noticed. one that is lame. Well, I looked at, like I said, I looked at it once went, went, that logo sucks. And I never thought twice about it. And what year did they come in the league? 2000? Like, so 20 years. Oh my God, bro. I did not know that there was a fucking animal outline. In that logo. Man, that's the kind of shit that you keep to yourself, bro. Well, I know. I sound like some fucking guy who doesn't know anything about hockey whatsoever. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, yeah, that's... that. No, that's, but like just being that like out of touch to not dumb. realize. And, and you know where the conversation originated when I was chatting with my buddy, we were talking about Canucks bringing back the old skate fucking jerseys. The the big, hideous, yellow, orange, oh, yeah, reds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, those jerseys were fucked. I was like, I had no idea what that logo was growing up. I thought it was a guitar or something. Like, oh, I see. And he's like, oh, uh, I was like, but I know, I know it's a skate. I've known it's a skate for quite a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I didn't. That's a then, good. That's a good reference. And then we segued though. into Minnesota, and I found out, yeah, that I'm an idiot. Basically, well, while we're on the topic, and while I'm looking at it, first of all, I can't believe you didn't. It's a way know. cooler logo now. Like, I, I think it's dope. Now. I can't believe you didn't know that. So it is, it is a really sick logo and you should try and pull it up just for a quick second on your phone. So you can understand what I'm about to say to you right now. 
what I've recently learned about the logo, it's funny that you're talking about this because I'd say this is probably within the last season. I think it was this season when I saw the Minnesota logo. It might have been for Tuesday Night Hockey when I bring all my extra jerseys in case guys need jerseys. I've got a Bougard that I have in my trunk. It looks so cool. Anyway, so much cooler Okay, so here, now you got it up, I'm going to tell you. The mouth in this logo is a river, yeah. which is really sick. That part I didn't realize. I just thought it was teeth. Like, I thought it was... Uh, I always looked at it and I was like, sun, fucking red sky, trees, river. That's all I ever saw. I never looked at the fucking outline. Shooting stars, the eye, the mouth is actually the teeth, but it's a river. It's actually unreal. Like when it you, is very yeah. well designed. And I, for years, I'm like, this is the shittiest logo in the league. I'm glad you. I'm glad you didn't tell me about that pre-pod or 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 put that into the prep because I'm glad I just heard that for the first time. <laughs> I actually meant to bring it up a couple of weeks ago and forgot. So. Really surprising that you don't know that, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you want to hit up Vegas? Yeah. Well, there's some weird. There's, what a weird story, bro. I don't understand. I don't understand. Gallant fired. Uh, he he took him to the Cup final. He, Two years ago, and they lost in a series that they probably should have won last year. In what what was that? The semifinals against San Jose. Yeah, they picked them. Like they they picked them, so he's their guy, right? Well, that's the thing is that McPhee picked him, I believe. Kelly McCrimmon oh, did not. Right. So this is a case where everyone's like, "Why this guy got fired? A great coach got fired. He's a player's coach. He's apparently very well liked in the dressing room." Um, he's had great success with the, the Vegas Golden Knights. So that when the team fired him and they, what they announced is that this team is basically underachieved. Um, we expect better, but right now the team is in three points out of the first in the Pacific, which we've talked about being very tight, which it still is now Vegas on paper. Okay. Yeah. They probably should be just crushing that division and they're not okay. But like, is it coach firing worthy? Well, okay, here's the reason why I can at least entertain the idea that it's coach firing worthy as it relates to the results thus far. The Pacific, the Pacific Division is clearly the worst division in the NHL. The, they lead, the leader has 57 points and two and three have 55. I can take that because when I was looking at it today, I said Vegas should be dumbing this division because I feel like none of those other teams are on their level. It's a turtle, On paper, 100% not even close. It's a turtle race in the Pacific because you look just quickly, we'll go to the Central. They lead, St. Louis leads with 68. Number two is 58. Up in the East, in the Metro, 67-63. And in the Atlantic, 66-60. So 57 leads, that's not that great. All the other guys are well above 60, or at least, I don't know, they are. They're well above 60. Yeah. Everyone's well above 60, and you're actually three points under it. So for Vegas to be three points under Arizona, who's already trailing the rest of the NHL, now I can understand the problem. Right, because they're probably looking in the context league-wide. You at least to. if that's your explanation. Now, if I'm going to read into this a little further, I'm going to go ahead and say... There had to be some philosophical differences from Gallant to McCrimmon. Because we think about today's NHL front office, um, it's multiple opinions that that go into the lineup and the, the plays and, and how they play. Mm-hmm. There's, there's many cooks in the kitchen. Whereas you take a Leafs-Mike Babcock situation and nobody's involved. I'm Mike Babcock. I run this fucking ship. Okay. Now, I can't believe that lasted for that long. <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously. Well, and the funniest thing too, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but about the Maple Leafs practices now is they have 
They're fun. There's a dozen people on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Coach coach for every fucking player out there these days. Yeah. So maybe there's a philosophical difference here, but it's just odd because Gallant being so popular, so well-respected, and for for Vegas really to be doing fine. I mean, you want to look at his overall record with Vegas. It's 118-75-20 with a .601 points percentage. Jeez. That's fucking phenomenal. What more could you ask for, right? I don't know, man. I mean, well, I guess at least this time he could ask for an Uber or, or, or a cab or something. I'm sure they gave him a fucking limo to the airport. <laughs> well, they got to overcompensate. Aren't all cabs in Vegas limos anyway? Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> eh? I've never anyway, been. I think he's going to land on his feet. Um, dude, seriously, though. I mean, I know this seems like a way too obvious of a uh, relationship here, but does Glant not have like a foot right in the fucking front door? At Seattle, you got to think so because wouldn't he be? Is he it took, McPhee involved? I don't know. Don't put me on the spot Shit, there. Let's just talk. Up. Yeah, go ahead and Google it. But let's just look at let's just look at it from Gallant's perspective before we confirm that he might already have an inside guy. You'll get back to me in a second. But here's my thing: Gallant has already taken an expansion team to the Cup final with a raggedy taggedy bunch of fucking bad news bears guys getting all together and lighting up the league and making it to the goddamn cup final. Yeah, sorry, McPhee is still involved with Vegas. He's the president. I knew he was still yeah. involved with Vegas. Yeah, I was going to kind of I wasn't going to argue the McCrimmon point, but I was going to say, yeah, but McPhee's still M- the McCrimmon's guy. McCrimmon's the GM. Yeah. So McCrimmon so, still answers ahead, to McPhee, sorry. right? So anyway, back to the Galant thing. That's what makes this thing strange to me, dude, is that is their guy. He was their guy. They fucking picked him. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's almost, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's weird. The only other part of this is like, did they want DeBoer that bad? Because they hired Peter DeBoer, who recently was fired from the San Jose Sharks. And the funny thing I think about it from an outsider perspective, I'm like, okay, DeBoer had a very talented group in San Jose and it just he ran out of track. It just it wasn't working anymore. Yeah. So he's here he's going to come into Vegas on a team that maybe – doesn't like him off the bat based on the rivalry that went on over the last couple seasons. And he's supposed to take a talented group that's underachieving and somehow make them overachieve or make them go on par with management's expectations. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, he, he's he's been to the final as well himself several times, right? Known I, finals loser, Pete well, DeBoer. Yeah, Devils. Devils. Sharks. Sharks. That's it. Oh, twice. Okay. Twice, I see. Um, well, I mean... Where was I going? Oh, uh, to Seattle, right? I feel like he's an obvious choice. Like if you choose someone else and you don't do well, you're going to be blamed for not choosing Gallant because Gallant has already done this exact same thing. This guy won't be unemployed long. Either the next team or the But does he wait for Seattle? Because you know what I'm saying? The the relationship is there, Lesko. It's going to be the exact same dynamic. The exact same. Well, getting that clean slate, it's got to be an exciting opportunity for him if it does present to him. Like it's gonna be but, the exact same thing with new with new names on the backs. Sort of, yeah, and 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 why not? Like this guy obviously obviously becomes the front runner candidate because of what he did with Vegas. Do you think that he equally holds out? Maybe because like if, fired, if I'm, right? so he gets if his I'm money. Gallant and, and I'm fired under these circumstances and you get your everyone's money. confused as to why I've been fired, uh, probably of all the coaches on the market, I'm talking Laviolette fucking Babcock, whoever, I put him top of the list in terms of desirables. I, I think so. Like, like if you're a co- team with an interim coach, you're starting to fucking shove that guy out the door, I feel like, and be like, <laughs> I'm bringing this guy in because I've never heard a negative thing about Jared Glant. I mean, that was the big story of, over the Florida firing. Was everything like, this guy's so great. 
wonderful guy. Everyone loves him. How the fuck could they treat him like that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> they said now, I, I'm wondering where all that same outrage and injustice calls are right now, considering he was fired from a team that he probably didn't overall deserve to be fired. But, I mean, we're talking about a new franchise here. They might be doing things a little differently. Yeah, who knows? I mean, we'll see if it kickstarts uh, a bit of a resurgence in their ability to, you know, get points on a nightly basis. They've kind of been on a roller coaster, Lesko. It's it's win a few, lose a few uh, out in Vegas right now. So I do think they're back in action tonight. I think tonight, yeah, they play the Sens tonight uh, in Ottawa. So, I mean, there's a good opportunity for DeBoer to uh, make his presence felt against a lowly Sens team. And if anything, Lesko, it, it smells like points night. And it smells like one of those nights where, okay, fine. Get the boys going. Yeah, maybe they give up three or four, okay? Give, give the Sens their three or four because the Sens are playing an exciting brand of hockey and they are scoring some goals themselves. Yeah. So give them their three or four, but we're going to go out there and get our six or seven tonight. And it'll be a, a New Jersey-Toronto type of matchup where Riley Smith gets a hat trick, but then so does someone yeah. from the Sens, you know? I mean, they're a very well-built team. They've got excellent firepower up front. They've got Marc-Andre Fleury. They've got a winning combination. Like, you know, at first you might be confused as to how they did what they did, but they've done nothing but improve that team. They're a very exciting team. They're heavy. Um, they've got a lot of fucking experience and talent on that team. So, you know... My expectations in terms of what Vegas should do have not changed just because of this coaching change. It's surprising, and that's what makes it an interesting story. Yeah, it and everyone is surprised, Lesko. I mean, yeah, even the biggest Bob McKenzie's of the world are like, holy fuck, like, you serious? This guy? Like, of all the coaches, when you say, like, who's on the hot seat next? I guarantee not one single person said Gerard Glant. No, because they're probably looking at, what, Blashill? Uh, Julien? Like the Julian seeds getting fucking toasty. <laughs> Fuck you, Montreal. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> continuing on with the theme of firings, Ray Shiro was recently let go by the Devils. Can call most recently uh, released their coach, John Hines. Pack your shit. Pack your shit. Uh, I kind of feel bad for Ray Shiro because he, unlike a lot of the D- GMs in the league, this guy swung for the fences. Now, yeah, agreed. He may have skipped a step in terms of the old rebuild he made some he got that first overall pick and he went you know what fucking wayne simmons here you go pk suban bring him in just starts making moves wheeling and dealing and said playoffs this year and it fucking fell flat yeah i mean the the quotes that they had were were very committed to winning and we weren't winning enough that was the team co-owner josh harris that's that's the biggest takeaway that I had from it. That quote, we're very committed to winning. We weren't winning enough. So are they anticipating that they're going to start winning more? Like, I, Well, not I a chance because really they just traded Taylor Hall. That, that's what and, I'm saying. And Taylor Hall, who Ray Shiro fucking fleeced Edmonton on. Yeah. So like Ray Shiro is a pretty legendary GM. He did well with the Penguins. I mean, the guy's been around the block. He knows this league inside and out. Um, I'm guessing that either ownership and, and upper management didn't like his plan moving forward. Like how he, cause I'm sure he had an opportunity to present his ideas for, okay, where do we go next? Because like what you just did fucked up. So where are we going next? Cause I feel like if he might've gotten fired even earlier, if they're like, yeah, he completely fucked up this team. See you later. Yeah. Okay. But maybe he didn't have an opportunity to present that plan and he was being punished for the Subban trade. And I mean, I, I got to chime in on Subban real quick. 
for a guy who used to be like massively exciting on the ice and just everywhere and involved in everything and playing 26, 27 minutes a game, he's fucking pedestrian out there. I, when the Leafs played, I know New Jersey's not a great team, but when the Leafs played New Jersey the other day, I did not notice Subban not once. No, he used to be out there looking for those big che- checks with his arse. You know, he yeah. comes leads with the ass. Some guys taper off, some guys drop off. And it's unfortunate that, that Subban's done that. I hope he does refine his game because he was a very exciting player to watch and, and brought a lot to the table, both offensively and defensively. That's what happiness will do to you, man. He's just, he's, he's chilling. He's chilling on Snapchat and Instagram with Lindsey Vaughn. Lindsey Vaughn. Making all these fucking videos and just absolutely living his best life. She might life. be more jacked than he is. <laughs> so, uh, former Leaf, uh, Tom Fitzgerald, former Leaf legend. Tommy Fitzgerald. Tommy Fitzgerald. That takes me back. Will take over Depth for... defenseman, but good. <laughs> in solid. Interim uh, GM. Wait, are, are you sure he played defense? Yeah. Did Tommy Fitzgerald third, play defense? He was a third stringer. Okay. I believe. I might be thinking of someone else then. Somebody anyway, chirp me if I'm wrong. I think you might be. He's he's checking in. And Martin Brodeur. Yes, who I did not realize was not still in St. Louis because I believe uh, upon his retirement was in a management role in St. Louis. But I guess uh, New Jersey, I'm sure New Jersey threw money at him and he was anxious to go back. Yeah, well, it's strange. What what really shocked me was that he retired as a member of the Blues. Yeah. I don't understand. Like when you go into the hall, you wear your jersey. Was Lamorello still in Jersey at the time? Probably. Because I believe... And this, I could be wrong about this, but I believe that there was a bit of a falling out with Brodeur and Jersey at the time because that is when Jersey had just acquired Snyder, I believe. And they're like, yeah, you're done, Marty. Like, you can't play anymore. Numbers tell the story. And Marty's like, no, I'm playing another year and I'm retiring a, a devil. Okay. And he's like, I want to play another year. And Jersey's like, no. And so that's why he signed with the Blues. Okay. I mean, yeah, I did hear that the relationship soured a bit. Uh, actually they were mentioning, I'm not sure if Lou was still there at that time. Again, I don't remember when he retired. I heard on the radio as well. They were talking about, uh, Brodeur and how he kind of was another Alfredson ish, uh, scenario that the, the, the departure from the team wasn't ideal. That sucks too. But then they came back now. Now Alfredson came back and fucking left again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is kind of strange, but I, I, you have to imagine a guy like Alfie will be back at some point. In I feel the like future. Alfie's told Melnick to fuck off on more than one occasion. Yeah. In his life. <laughs> and he's not going to be involved until he's gone, which, yeah. you know, and a guy like Daniel Alfredson might have the ability to, to, to coordinate. I wish he would just that. buy that team. And it wasn't he, uh, a story that leaked in amongst all the Melnick shenanigans a couple years ago where, uh, Alverson was quoted by a member of the media saying, we need new ownership. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Which at first, I know when he was asked about it after, he's like, no, I, that's not what I said, blah, blah, blah. Denied it because that's what he has to say. Yeah. But you know 100% he believes it. And if anybody knows it, it's him. Tom Fitzgerald, noted right winger. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Depth right winger, eh? I saw, why do I think he's a defenseman? So now, know. now you know I got to rack my brain and figure out who, who, I'm, you who were, am I confusing who him you with. Were thinking about. <laughs> His leaf years were not fantastic. 17 points. No, he did nothing. He was a deaf player. 17 points both times. I remember he used to hit guys, games. though. Like, he was a checker. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't. A, he wasn't shy of the penalty box. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, so moving on. Um, Devils in shambles. Um, Tough go. When you swung th- for the fences, didn't work. When are you thinking? Reload. When are you thinking the dust settles and they're on the rise again? 
It's a tough question. It depends what draft pick they get. This year. <laughs> okay, that's fair. If they get if they get another first round, first top five or something, and I like I know they're not well. They well they got two years on PK. They got I think they signed Simmons to only a deal, so it's not like they're hampered. Like they're not in it that bad. Like Shiro didn't bury them. Yeah, yeah, okay. So they're not completely hampered, and I don't think they're having a fire sale because the core of their team is young. So I think they're they're in relatively good shape. Um, but they're probably still a couple years away from being a serious playoff team, I think. We might be seeing a few of their uh, roster players participating in that uh, three-on-three league that's happening soon. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did see that. Three-on-three, like a like pro players is all they said. I don't know what they're talking about I wonder there, how much money they're going to make. Three-on-three, Depends. What, well, summer league. What's that fucking TV deal worth? Did you see numbers on that? No, I didn't. So the news story for those of you who aren't familiar is that there was recently announced a three ice or like I like to say thrice. Thrice. Maybe that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. I've only read it. Um, three on three summer league. It's going to start playing in summer of 2021. And it's just going to be a, th- a touring three on three pro league. And each, I guess each tour they do, each stop is going to be like a full on tournament. Well, they'll like crown a champion at the end of the day or weekend or whatever the schedule looks like. They fucking better come to Ottawa, man. I want to go watch this big time. They have a voting system. I saw it. I started following the Twitter and there's apparently you can vote for like where they're going to play and shit. I like this idea. Like large. It's great. Cause if anyone, I'm sure all everyone who's listening right now has watched three and three over time. It's fucking thrilling. It's awesome. So it's a great concept, but I wonder how much they borrowed from the concept of ice cubes three-on-three basketball league right the big three he might be involved so i thought well that's what i tweeted i was like is ice cube involved in this oh, shit did you tweet because that? so he's been quite successful <laughs> oh, and the odd time he throws a tweet kind of bitching like hey no love on espn like we're not getting none of our highlights their highlight packs get carried but cbs took a chance on them and cbs is the the american affiliate for this new three-on-three hockey league so i'm oh, wondering okay. if that is part of the reason why they they jumped in this tv deal thinking like hey this three-on-three basketball league is fucking entertaining now the three-on-three big three basketball league is a lot of retired superstars and guys in their 30s and shit like that and they actually recently lowered the age requirement down to 22 or 23 to try and get more maybe you know guys on the fringes g league players shit yeah, like that really good players that aren't just aren't good enough just aren't good enough but guys who have skill i mean yeah. that's where there'll be a cool opportunity for for pro hockey players who might want to play this in the summer or guys who you know guys who are like yeah i didn't quite make the end but here i can I can go keep playing or have a chance to showcase my skills because three on three is the environment to do it. Right. Yeah, it's true. I mean that, that might be a minor stretch, but I appreciate what you're saying. Like an opportunity to get out there and you never know. Well, you know. might notice a guy and be like, holy fuck, this guy's good. Scouts yeah. have never really bother, you bothered never with him. I, I just, I, 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 maybe I'm just writing this fantasy story in my head of this guy, <laughs> you know, 26 years old fucking like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I just finished college hockey and, Fuck, I'll dust off the old blades for this three-on-three. You know, this team wants me or whatever. Goes maybe. out there and just, just lights it up and and somebody gives him a PTO. Maybe Tim Thomas. Maybe that's the... Oh, the, fuck, not a chance. No, but not him, but his story being like 28 right. or 29 by the time he actually made his NHL yeah. debut. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be like heavily scouted, but you guarantee if you fucking make noise, somebody's watching enough to be like, ah, this guy might have what it takes. And we he, might underestimate him. But what I'm wondering is that is this going to be for guys who have no 
I wonder how many teams, AHL, Europe, whatever, are actually going to let their guys say, yeah, you can go play in the summer league. Yeah, that was my next thing. So I I firmly Because don't... if not, then your talent pool is going to be thin. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. We're still talking about hockey. So Well, and three-on-three hockey. So, like... Fucking yeah. me, you, and Buddy playing three on three against somebody is way more exciting than us playing five on five. Yeah, but man, think of some of the players. Like, think about Liam Goddamn Poirier, for example. Plays Tuesday night. He plays goalie now Tuesday night, but he used to play player. When yeah. Lemur played player, like he's he's going around at like seventy one percent at best, and then sometimes on his brother or someone he knows, he'll dial it up to ninety and fucking steal it and come in and have an absolute rip show of a goal, like a beautiful highlight reel goal. Yeah, he's obviously just ridiculously better than all the other idiots at Tuesday night hockey. But what I'm saying is, I would put a guy with a skill like Lemur on the sheet for three on three and love every second of it because right. all the other players on the ice are going to be just as skilled. So we get if like better than we get him. like noted like former junior A and junior B superstars and former college players. Yeah. It, it might be what it is. Like because if I'm an amateur hockey player, just fresh out of college in the United States, I'm like, yeah, I'll throw my name and see if I can fucking get picked up in this, especially because it's an opportunity to get paid without the full grind. I, I mean, was, this, yeah. this is a, the, uh, a tournament that right? people need to understand. This is a touring road show. So the way the big three basketball league, works is they have like say a dozen cities on their schedule they go to LA they go to New York Boston Chicago all these big cities and then they go and they and they every team plays in that arena that day yes. so every team in the league plays so you go there and you can watch I, whatever it is like five or six games but they're only eight minute halves two right. two eight minute halves with with a running clock and that's what makes it uh, appealing I think as a, a hockey fan is you're like I can take my son to an NHL game for $500 or $300 or whatever, or I can go to this thing. We can watch hockey all fucking day for fucking 50 and bucks. And there's going to be two on ones and breakaways and two on O's. And you know what? I'd hate to be a fucking goalie in this three on three league. That might be the challenge. I might have to throw my name in. Maybe. <laughs> They'll be desperate. They'll just run through them. There'll be like 12, 10 games, and then goalies just quitting left and right. Goalie, you're in. All right, let's go. Hey, you know, I'd make a couple of big ones. I'd get lit the fuck up, but I'd make a couple of big ones. You'd find a way. I'm usually good for a couple of big ones. A couple of big ones, at least. A couple Tuesday. dive backs. You yeah. Know? It's that fucking limber athleticism that you still maintain well into your 30s. Well, it's got to be my plant-based diet, my friend. Maybe that might be what would keep you going. That meatball you had. If you're down still there. doing that in your 40s, I will credit the plant based diet. All right, deal. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> if you're good. still fucking making throwback like uh, diving saves there in the net on fucking pickup <laughs> beer league there. Hey, if I can, you know I still will. Oh, I know you will. Right. You don't hold back for anything. There's no. nothing you you don't. Half acid. What I love about you is you're not like, ah, I'm just going to fucking play hockey or play baseball. Like, I'm fucking playing hockey <laughs> and I'm playing baseball. The full extent of my abilities, I don't care if I blow my shoulder out or pull my groin. But see, I do you even stretch. I, I do. I do uh, pre-stretches here okay, at home okay. usually. Like that's good because you, and know, then in you the ever room. notice how you play like, and it doesn't matter what sport I play, soccer, hockey, whatever. I stretch like crazy. I've always been like this, like 15 minute, 10 minute stretch, half my warm up, three quarters of my warm up stretching. But I know tons of guys like, ah, I don't want to stretch. It's going to, going to fuck with me or whatever. Like, man. And I, and I believe this and it could be different person to person, but if you don't stretch before you go and fucking play a sport that you haven't played in months or that you play once a week or something, I feel like you're 
exponentially more likely to get fucking hurt. Oh, 100% you are. You don't have to be a goddamn doctor to make that, uh, you know, assumption. It's 100% correct. Uh, me as the goalie dude, like, obviously. Oh, I, I think obviously you Obviously, have to I, I'm mostly groin though, man. Like, I don't yeah. really, I don't spend time on anything else. I don't, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I don't even skate around. I go out, I do my crease. I put my fucking water bottle on the top shelf so that a bunch of motherfuckers can shoot at it and fucking break it all the time. Fucking, I can't, I don't get that. You, I, I know everyone wants to shoot for the fucking crossbar, but then when, men, when, when beer league pickup begins, how many times do you see someone shoot for the crossbar? Only when they're in alone, right? Like yeah. no one, do, they, don't, they only do that if you're in alone. No one shoots face music. Well, I mean, I know it can happen, but generally speaking, you don't, you know, shoot chin music when guys are standing in front. Right. So, but everyone in the warm up has to fucking try and rip my Gatorade bottle. Happened twice already this yeah, year. Yeah, warm up, you're going bar down during the play. If there's a five screen, hole. yeah, it's nothing <laughs> low, low blocker. And if you're shooting like on that. me, it's fucking five hole and it's probably in because I have no ability to fucking do that. I need an extension on my stick or something that goes down. All right, did we miss anything? Or are we ready to hit up the Maple Leafs of Toronto? Yeah, I think we can do Leafs. Um, we just hit an hour. I mean, I got to give credit to Pecorine for scoring the goal. Yeah, that I, was fucking I, sick. You yeah. don't see that enough. You're right. We do have to point that out because I saw that you noted the lacrosse goal and or Forest Bridge lacrosse goal and Rene's goal. Um, fuck, we, at the, the rate the lacrosse goal is coming, I don't think we can name them all. We can't keep up with but it. But I think we do owe a shout out to Pecorine for... For sniping that fucking goal, I was watching from that, below the goal line. I was too. watching that game live. 198 foot. Oh, yeah, you text me at 10:30 at night. Yeah, I had. Well, man, it was a goalie goal. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know if you're. And up as or soon whatever, as I but... saw it, I was like, "Fuck!" I like logged into Twitter, like found the GIF of it. And... Oh, so you did get my message, eh? Like, I don't care yeah. that you don't hit me back. I actually prefer. I hate when no, people it's text first thing back in the morning. Say, okay. I think actually, like. Hey? When people respond to your message by saying, okay, it's like, hey, you don't have to say, okay. Yeah. Like, I know you got it. Yeah. If you say, okay, I know you didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good point. Actually. Yeah. You're right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. He, he absolutely sniped it. It was a good one hopper and then it bounced again and rolled right in. It was kind of a no doubter. There was an opportunity for uh, the Chicago player, whoever it was back there uh, in his own zone. He tried to get it out of the air. And I think if you give him three or four chances at that, he probably knocks it out of the air. But in this instance, he didn't. And it fucking went in. So I always admire the ballsiness of the goalies when they even go for it, especially when you're in a one goal situation, like you're risking throwing up a a pizza up the middle or something. Yeah, very true. Um, And just quickly on that lacrosse goal, I, it brings me back to what we talked about when we first saw it, when this, when Svech did it right. And then he did it again. I think we were talking about it all kind like a, a lot. Um, I don't, I don't know what Smith is supposed to do. I feel like Smith played that perfectly. He, he was there. He, he actually noticed. Okay. If you're, if your listeners are trying to be with me here, we're in the crease. All right. Fucking he's behind us. He's looking, I'm looking to the right. He noticed that the lacrosse move was coming. While he was still looking to his right, Lesko, which means he knew before he even looked over this way that the first thing he had to do he was up get the there. trapper. Yeah, he was, up, but he was just wasn't quick enough, right? Well, he his trapper kind of hit Forsberg's stick while, or sorry, yeah, Forsberg, my bad. It hit Forsberg's stick while Forsberg was trying to wrap it in. So as a result, it actually kind of got flung and hit Smith in the ribs and then went still in. Went in. <laughs> so, I mean, if you can't stop it when he's tucking it in and you still can't stop it when he's banking it in, 
I, I don't know how else you're supposed to stop it because every time we've seen the Svech goal, let's go. When was the last Svech goal you saw and you were like, oh my God, that goalie's an idiot? Not ever because they've always Never. been there. They've no. always been where they're supposed to be in that present time. We did break it down, I think, the first time it happened in terms of the positioning of the goaltender and how they react to that situation. Yeah. But why I, I think Forsberg was so much more sick is because it was from the other side of the net and the way he picked it up. He looked like he like toe-picked the puck with the toe of his blade, just flipped it up. The way he flipped it up was very cool. It wasn't the big, like, uh, the blade. Sho- the swooping yeah, one. The, yeah, the blade down on top of the puck where you fucking quick flip the wrist and bring it up. He, like, toe put his toe of his blade in front of the puck and scooped it. Yeah. In a kind of a cool... That's why I thought it was cooler because it was so quick in the way he got it up. See, and that's what made me more impressed with Svetch's second one. Because, or wait, no, it wasn't Svetch. Oh, help me out. I hope you can help me out here. Was who, it the one in the World Juniors? Who was the third one that did it there? Svetch did two. In the NHL? It was just Svetch and, and Svetch Forsberg. And Forsberg. Oh, yeah. that, oh, then the, the World, World Junior Juniors one guy. you're thinking of. Uh, well, then we don't know who it was. We don't know. Yeah. Okay, anyways. Oh, Hoaglander. Yes. Oh, I'm a beauty. Look at you. I know. Look at you. Hoaglander. Look at us. Look at us. Who thought we'd be doing this? Here we are. Ten years ago. Oh, my God. Not me. <laughs> That Paul Rudd fucking video. I love that. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. You know, That's a great meme. It's great. Anyways, um, the Hoaglander one really, really impressed me, dude, because of the way that he manipulated the puck. He didn't use physics or science. Well, I mean, I, I know we used physics. Physics is everywhere. But he didn't use, like the, like you said, the motion to pick it up. He um, he sliced. Remember we talked about it? He sliced under the puck and made it wobble and then settled it on and buried it. And it was just absolutely disgusting. He almost disguised it because he did not have that typical motion, like I said, where you where you put your blade face down on the right. puck and, and do that, that flick of the wrist. It just looked like, like he was skating with it's it. It's very obvious prep if you've seen a guy do that, which I'm sure most of you have. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that was all I wanted to do. I had to all get right. that Rene one very off because it was fucking awesome. All right, let's head up the Leafs. To the Leafs we go. I guess first point I want to bring up is fuck did they ever get embarrassed in Florida? Oh boy. I mean, I, I actually knew a buddy, one of my old school buddies, shout out Bush if you're listening, guy I played hockey with, fucking went down the Florida tour, you know, family down there, fucking stay down there for a while, go to the game. And <laughs> when he posted some pics on his Instagram, he's like, yeah, just down in Florida watching the Leafs get embarrassed. That's too bad. That's too bad. Because, man, Florida. I mean, this game had major standings implications. Florida was at the time three points behind Toronto, I believe. And this was like a circle on your calendar for sure. Fucking got to pull out a W here. These guys are chasing us. And Florida's on a bit of a tear. They're putting up great offensive numbers. Bob Rossi's been um, bad for his standards, but coming around. Yeah, fair. But this, this is a game they had to be up for. But... I found out the Maple Leafs went down to Florida a day early. Oh, and as uh, O-Dog so rightfully pointed out during, I think, the intermission of that game, yeah, this is the guiltiest first period that they might have had all season. You gotta bring something. They didn't have it. I don't care what you did the night before. If, if the, the team brought you down the night before knowing full well you could get into what the fuck ever you wanted, which I'm sure some of the boys did, you gotta be ready. I mean, hit the hay at like two. Two at least. <laughs> like, 
at least give the team two. If I'm going to do something the next day, yeah, two o'clock. <laughs> two o'clock. And, and and I'm sorry, Lesko, but you're doing something is probably getting up to go ice fishing. And I'm not a 22-year-old <laughs> athlete. So you can get up and go ice fishing at you know 11 instead of 9 yeah. by going to bed at 4 instead of 2. <laughs> These guys have to play NHL hockey yeah. the next day. Like, yeah. boys, figure no, it out. No, they, they didn't look ready. They, it was one of those nights where, again, they didn't have it. But you know who didn't have it, unfortunately, was Frederick Anderson. And as much as I hate to, to, I'm not piling on Freddie. I'm not hating on Freddie. I'm the biggest fucking Freddie booster that you know. Okay. But Late on me. he's not been himself over the last several games. And that's the biggest difference in, in the Maple Leafs. Because, yeah, sure, they're going to give up some shitty chances, two-on-ones, blah, blah, blah. But they got away with it when Freddie bailed them out. And he kept them in games they shouldn't have been in. Now, they're losing games that they should have been competitive in recently simply because the stops haven't been there are you worried i'm not because he's always bounced back he's had his lulls he has his up and down he has his octobers and he always recovers it's not like we've been like holy fuck like are we in trouble here with freddie we've never felt like that well the last time we did feel like that would have been in the playoffs Perhaps, and I know there's... Just because he was there, it, he was making great saves, but then he was also letting in some questionables. Right, right. And and the questionables you don't see when, when he's really on. That's the thing. And it seems that the main knock that, that you know, those those pundits in the know, so, so to speak, have on Frederick Anderson is like, this man's workload needs to be well-managed because we've seen when he hits in the 60s of starts, it causes a problem. Now, I feel like... Freddie was getting overworked for a period where we're like, we don't know what's going on with Hutchinson. Are they acquiring a backup? What's going on here? But Sheldon has tried to work in some rest. Uh, you know, uh, Hutchinson went off and won three straight or whatever it was. But holy fuck, they bring in Hutchinson and the first two go in. And Hutch went, man, you guys went on a tear last night. I wasn't expecting to f- see the ice. Yeah, true. I went on a tear. Yeah. Hutchison probably went to bed at five. That's a good point, <laughs> man. Like, Hutchie's Poor guy. Hutchie's probably thinking, all right, like a good guy like Fred, you hope Freddie is the guy that's in bed at probably 1045. No, I'm not going out, boys. See you later. Throws on a fucking rom-com and goes to sleep, you know? But Hutch, he's like, I'm not even in the game tomorrow. Not a chance. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to be going balls to the wall yeah. and hanging out with the boys, which he does very well, I'm sure. And so overall, are you worried? No. With I'm Freddy, not worried. With Freddie, no. Freddie. So we're good on that. I'd I think actually it's rather, like, sorry, I'd rather it happen now anyways. And it's funny because you look at the shots, you look at the chances, high danger chances. It's not like in that game against Edmonton or that game against, um, that game against uh, Florida. They, they got massively outplayed. It's just... The saves weren't there. And yeah, they, they did, you know, and I'll give the team credit for saying the right things. They're like, we hung out Freddie to dry. Yeah. And I get that. And that's what you're supposed to say. But there were saves that need to be made. And us fucking peasants here on the podcast can say that. <laughs> peasants. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you see Marshan's firing back after the uh, after that shootout game? Oh, yeah. So that was great, obviously. That went mad viral for those of you. How well, did we not put that? Who am I the, kidding? How did we not put that in the prep? Everyone fucking saw it. Marshan, I've never seen it before. I watched it live because I had, uh, I had, um, Hart was in the game for me. How confident are you? For fantasy. In your abilities that you're not even looking at the puck off to pick it up. Yeah, but he was. It looked like he was too. And he just like, 
it, he, he looked went down. over top of it, I don't right? Know how that happens? It's bizarre, and I never actually got to listen to his explanation about it. But of course, the next day he tweeted out a picture uh, of him holding the cup and uh, with a, a winky emoji, and he was getting it from all angles. Of course, people, you know, people fucking love to hate Marshand, but. The comeback, which was weird too. It's one like, comeback. Is this guy really going to address something? But he had one. He had one. One comeback. And it included the word you just used, which is why we segued right. into this. We called the guy a fucking peasant. <laughs> he goes, he goes, what the, the guy said, uh, hey, even I can pick up the puck in a shootout. And Marshan responds and says, yeah, but your shootout is in your driveway, you peasant. <laughs> and then He's he goes like, on. You pretend to be yeah. me. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, you pretend to be me in your backyard. Dream big, bud. Yeah, which was fantastic. Like I, I retweeted immediately and I was like, listen, and, and my Twitter symbol is a big fucking leaf symbol. So everyone knows for sure where my allegiance is lay. But I, I should be the guy that hates Marshan and hates the Bruins and all this stuff. But you know, I'm not that kind of fan. I don't really have these grudges i just want my team to win the cup and i don't give one fuck about what the other teams do or 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 how many times we have to play them i did tell you before though yeah but fuck boston give me right? boston yeah so maybe i do have a little <laughs> bit maybe i do have a little bit there but no i appreciate a good chirp when i hear one. oh I, that's I, see I, one. I said listen call yeah. this guy what you want this is gold and this needs to happen more in the league if we're gonna give uh, the fans a medium to be faceless and just say whatever the fuck they want and you know, basically start carving these guys. Dude, love it or hate it or love him or hate him. Let them him. respond. It's free marketing for the NHL. Yeah, Like if true. I'm the NHL, I'm like, Marshy, do that again. Yeah. Go ahead and fucking chirp people on Twitter because it's free marketing. Or go find one other player that has Twitter but doesn't have a super huge presence that would garner a big response yeah. like a marshan you know yeah go out go out west somewhere and find someone and have yeah. them go on twitter maybe not zach cassian and matthew kachuk because that's a canadian thing like find someone down in the states like put miko ranton in on twitter and have well, it goes say back something. to biz biz fuck man who built his basically built his media career on his start on twitter yeah true. he got he basically had the team the phoenix Coyotes tell him to stop and then months later to go actually can you go back to doing that because yeah. the level of engagement and fucking marketing got off. And now the guy's making a living off the presence he created for himself. That's a good so, point. Back to the Maple Leafs. Obviously, the biggest news of the week is us losing Morgan Riley for eight weeks. Um, apparently, not just back in eight weeks, will be reevaluated in eight weeks after taking a puck off the inside of the foot. Yeah, it's got to start. Oh, that's the biggest stinger you can get. Yes. Like the inside of the foot right there is so vulnerable. And, you know, the outside too, but it hurts way more because it's smashing right in your arch. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. So he's out. He's out. That's, we're in, we're in uncharted waters for the Leafs because Riley's been, aside from the, the odd minor injury, has been a beast. And silver lining, we knew he was injured. Maybe this gives him an opportunity to recover. But the left side that was our surplus has become <laughs> thin as fuck. Now, positive note. Jake Muzzin is skating. So. Yeah, but skating. Not, when's he back? Well, so the schedule quit, for him. Quit, quit ruining my yeah, nice I know, fucking I just, microphone I just setup. hit the old pantyhose cover there. <laughs> fucked it up. Um, Jake Muzzin will be, is projected to come back after the bye week. So at least play a couple more games, I believe. Two or three more games. Then they have their bye week. Okay. They're slating Muzzin to come back for then. Super Jack for that. We need now, Muzzin tonight. Ah, uh, yeah, I would love that. I mean, we got Kachuk out there. 
Oh, I'd love him to just run him through the boards. But not only just that, I'm a little nervous about the whole Matthews uh, Kachuk uh, connection there. A little bit, but you I'm know Zach Hyman will fucking suplex. Yeah, but that's not going to help if Matthews is out for a month. Like if Matthews comes around the net and tries a wraparound and Kachuk doesn't care. You're right, because there is no deterrent factor. Shoulder. The, like the Leafs, regardless, like maybe Muzzin, but there's nobody who scares the shit out of you on the Leafs. Like, listen, Matthews is, is a phenomenal player. Absolute, you know, cream of the crop, all-star, whatever you want to call it, biased or not, the guy's incredible, right? But here's something about Austin Matthews. He will put himself into vulnerable positions on He's the trying ice. To score, yeah. He will. And he does less go. I think that's one thing for sure that Matthews needs to improve on. Is I understand that you want to not get, putting himself in vulnerable I understand positions. you want to get to that grade A spot, man, but it doesn't matter if you get there and you're out. I think he has gotten better at preparing for contact. I have noticed. And I think maybe that shoulder injury on that check that he endured last year might have been a bit of a wake-up call for him. That's a good point. I think I, I noticed him being a little more defensively and leaning into guys a little more when he's I agree possessing there the too. puck. Yeah. And hey, and I'm sure he's been told this every day for several years now. You're a big boy. You're a big boy. People will You're bounce. not easy to hit. People will bounce off of you too. Yeah, and people will think twice of hitting you. But all I'm saying is even, even still, I, I agree with your point. I appreciate it. I think you're right. But even still, there's usually maybe uh, uh, one or two, if not zero, but a couple of times here and there, I will go, oh man, am I ever fucking glad that guy didn't finish that check there. Like yeah, he no- could have fucking hospitalized him and, and, and people would have said that it was clean. Yeah. Because 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 in terms of the flow of the play, a, a, a hit on an uns, unsuspecting player can be completely clean, Lesko. If you're unsuspecting, that's not my problem. Yeah, it just makes it look worse. But it's still my problem if yeah. I tried to fucking kill you. And right. that's, the, that's the hit that Kachuk will lay. Maybe not on Matthews because they're butts. But just that's the hit that he will lay. If, you, if he sees you vulnerable, it doesn't matter. He's going to give it everything he's got. Whereas a lot of the players in the league will still hit you but they will almost they'll almost like let you hit them well and they they let up and especially because certain guys and Austin Matthews that I put in that category garner a certain amount of respect whereas they're like I don't want to dummy this guy I don't want to ruin his shit yeah I want to finish my check let him know I'm here but I, I feel like and there's probably less of this in today's NHL of I'm hitting you to kill you yeah I'm hitting you because I'm letting you know I'm there I want you to be aware of me blah 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 I want to finish my check. Well, Hyman is a really good example. Right. He lays some big bodies on guys, but, but every guy he hits knows he's coming. And he doesn't fucking crush guys because he's had opportunities them. to do so and he does let up. Taking it back quickly to the Maple Leafs blue line. The silver lining, once again, on this uh, rash of defensive injuries, Rasmus Sandin oh. coming up. I thought about picking him up and then I didn't. And then someone else picked him up and then and he, he gets the two nails. apples. So yeah. first game in Rasmus Sandin, two apples, first period in that hockey game. Uh, very impressive. I feel like it was the right time. And here's a guy who probably deserves to be in the NHL right now, but maybe they let over marinate considering the left side depth that they typically have with Dermot Muzzin and Riley. But I mean, here's a guy who's coming in with peak confidence, named best defenseman in the tournament at the WJC, which we did not give him enough credence when we did speak on the WJC. True. Calling ourselves out. Fuck us. Two goals, two assists in the semis versus the Russians. 10 points in seven games overall. 
and as I said, bestie in the tournament. So yeah, nice couple of apples where he uh, where he walked in there and, and, and you know he made a huge difference. I think early on and, and gets the boys excited. Um, but there's one thing he's got to do for me. And O Dog rightfully pointed this out on Twitter. That guy needs a fucking new number. Yeah, thirty eight is a training camp. Here's your jersey out of the pile number. Yeah, it's true. But then I also read something where he doesn't want he doesn't want to just get a new number right now. Um, and I mean, I, I, I'd be okay if he picked a number. Why not? He's going to be a member. He seemed okay with it. and But he said I loved, uh, in the interview there, he said I love number 14. But they're like, oh yeah, Dave Keon. And he's like, ah, shit. Like, oh, I can't okay. wear that. But okay. uh, it's great that Sandin's up. Uh, Sandine, sorry. Sandine. Yeah, we're, we determined that's how, that's how we're, what we're doing. It. Yeah. And uh, Timothy Lilligren actually got called up most recently. Uh as not joining the lineup tonight, unfortunately, um, I'm hoping he gets he gets the chance. But the way Keith talked about it the other day, I feel as if maybe he doesn't, because Keith said the benefit to us right now is getting him up and with the boys and and at practice and feeling it out and stuff like that. So I, I see the benefit in that and everything, but I'm just hoping that there is a game or two in it for him before they you know inevitably send him back down the Marlies because. Unless it seems as if Cody, unless Cody CC gets hurt, he's not coming out for Lilligren. Unless Cody CC gets run over by a bus, he's not coming out of the lineup for some reason. I guess. Yeah, I, mean, I guess that so. can be our next complaint. But who knows? I mean, we gotta you gotta be able to showcase a guy like that. You know, maybe he comes out and gets a couple of points, and 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 a manage, a general manager out there wants to bite on that bait. You know, uh, it happens. I mean, I just. When is this guy going to make his debut? Let's go. I know. I'm really excited for him. And he's having a phenomenal year with the Marlies right now. Uh, I believe he's top five in defensive scoring. Yeah, 24 points in 33 games. Yeah, he's been he's been outstanding. He seems to have the right toolkit. Um, I, I still feel like he was a steal when the Leafs drafted him. Hopefully he gets in. Um, the one last thing I wanted to touch on for the Maple Leafs news is the new contract for Party Marty Marinson. Oh, it's just the goddamn boomerang, right? Oh. I saw so the best meme I saw <laughs> online summing up the Leafs or Leaf fans' feeling of Marty Marinson was the clip from The Simpsons where Mo throws Barney out of the bar, but oh. then he peers back behind him. <laughs> so they were like, Leaf fans are Mo, Barney is Marty Marinson, and he's back in the bar. That's good. So they actually, and, and you know, all, in all honesty, and all the chirps and all the fun we have online chirping this guy, but one year, $700,000 deal, that's a good fucking deal. And for you, a team that, for the team that's, up against the cap and a guy who is serviceable. Is he sir? I was going to use the word serviceable. Serviceable is fine. I'll give him that. And only based on his performance recently. Listen, if because Marty, he's done. Okay. Yeah. If Marty Marinson is the reason that you're going to wake up the next day and say, that's why we lost the Stanley you're cup. You're wrong. You, uh, you, you've got bigger fish yeah. to fry. If Martin Marinson lost you the Stanley Cup, you've got fucking bigger fish to, fish to fry. So, yeah, he is serviceable in the sense that he can be an NHL player. He's not the greatest at all by any means. He can play. He can play. And he's pretty good. I'll give him credit. He uses his, his body well. He shields the puck well. He gets his big fucking gangly arms and stick in there. <laughs> so I'll give him credit there. But I was making some jokes with my buddy the other day. I said, this guy's going to retire Leaf at age 36 and he's going to wave to the crowd, never having played a full 82-game season. In his life. 
in his life, but he's going to wave the crowd with a fistful of Stanley Cup rings. And be like, And he's going to have made it all the way there on one-year deals <laughs> for 700000 yeah, For 700000 And still making a bunch of coin, you know? Like 700000 is 700000 right? I know it's not the most exciting of uh, signings to, out there, but I, I do, it does make sense. Absolutely. It's not I, one of those I, ones I where you pull your hair out. It's not like we yep. signed with a three-year 1.5. No, and you can bury it in the minors. Exactly. That These are the easiest contracts to bury in the minors because they have almost no implications on your overall cap when you choose to do so. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, the opportunity is there to do that. And everyone's complaining about it as if he's going to continue to be a, na- a namestay on the fucking defensive blue line for the Leafs here. And, it, and that's just not the case. We talked about Sandine. We talked about Lilligren. There is a future there. And then you got to understand, Lesko, once the team becomes fully rounded in the sense that they've got all the pieces of the puzzle that they've been having or acquiring or have already acquired and we're, still be and, and, and we're developing. Yeah, he still might be the seventh D, but who cares, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. who, who else is it going to be if it's not exactly. Marty Marinch and it's Joe Schmo For 700K. And for 700K, exactly same deal. That's right. Yeah. So where else for the Leafs, my man? We done? We could be done. Do you want to yell at me about Martina? Well, I wanted to, but you want to save it, so we'll save it. You want to save it? I'll shout out to Martina. I was so disappointed the other day when there was some weird-ass instrumental they played for the anthem. And cue the outrage, right? I was outraged. I go online. They said, where's Martina? Where's Martina? But we're going to get into it next episode because this is a bit of a thing between me and Coleman. And you're not going to like it, but we'll give it to you next week. All right. Sounds good. So, yeah, that's actually pretty good timing, dude. I mean, the Leaf game is coming on in, uh, what, 10 minutes? Yeah, I know. So that's our other thing is we're pressed for time. We said we're not going two hours again this week. And there's a Leaf game tonight. And we want to watch. As good fans do. I didn't get to watch the Florida game. I was doing the Lumber Kings, uh, doing the Lumber Kings game. Like when the fucking Leafs never play on Sunday, right? And then they play on fucking no Sunday. No Saturday game makes me lost as a human. Uh, I don't even know. My what wife to do. and I are like, "What are we doing tonight? Do you want to watch a movie or something? Like this is fucking lame." All right. Well, I'll let you get out of here so you can get home in time for the start of the Toronto Maple Leafs game tonight against the Calgary Flames. Thanks for joining us again here on the Pucks and Deep Podcast. Episode fifty-two is a wrap. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Coleman42, at Lesko Adam, and follow the podcast station at PuckPod. Throw us a couple RTs and subscribe, too, while you're at it. Yeah, like, no kidding, eh? Ah, just sitting here drinking Pod Rise and Killer 93 pints and having a great time. And listen, the tease on the guests was big. We can probably go ahead and say that we've got a common guest with Spit and Chicklets. That's right. Spit and Chicklets and the Pucks and D podcast are Eskimo brothers in the podcast world. So we've got some exciting guests to announce coming up soon here on the Pucks and D podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week.